In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Trader, a Traitor's podcast. My name is Matthew. I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a 100% faithful fan of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors. This podcast features deep dives into every episode of the show, as well as interviews with contestants. And this is season seven of the podcast, dedicated to series two of The Traitors UK. Again, if you're wondering, how on earth could this be season seven? And by the way, season eight is literally about to record later today. It's because the Trader has also covered Australia seasons one and two, Traders US season one, UK series one, of course, Traders Canada, and even Survivor UK. On every edition of the Trader, I'll be joined by a special co-host. He'll help me break down an episode of the TV show, hopefully have some laughs, and maybe even betray me. My co-host today then is the returning presenter from episode three and every finale episode I've recorded and the entire Trader seasons for Traitors Canada and Survivor UK. It's David Bloomberg. Welcome back, David. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be back. <laughs> I, f- I feel like I don't really need to say welcome back. You're kind of here most of the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and David, you never know. There could be someone listening who has tuned in for the first time and doesn't know who we are and what's going on. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. All right. Well, I, of course, did my, you know, full intro in episode three so uh, uh, people could go back and listen to that if they are desperate to know all the details but as a brief reminder I've been covering reality TV for over 23 years online in newspaper columns on my own reality TV websites 
Then I moved into podcasting, mostly on a Rob Has a Podcast Network, and I've now done those for over eight years for U.S. Survivor, as well as expanding into U.S. Big Brother for several years. And then, of course, I've been here. Uh, in addition, I post reality TV videos on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram as at David Bloomberg TV. And I talk quite a bit about the topic on Twitter and really anywhere we'll, where anyone will listen. Yeah. And you've reminded me there, I forgot to mention this on the last uh, couple of episodes, maybe. Since since you were on episode three with me and I, you, you spoke about social media and I said, oh, I hardly do anything. I've now joined tiktok well the podcast is yes. joined tiktok yes. uh, so uh, that's also at the the trader podcast i'll mention it again at the end but hey you could watch little uh clips of the podcast there mm -hmm. and some outtakes of me just coughing uh lots <laughs> <laughs> so uh this is episode six we're going to talk about i think this mm -hmm. is a great one for you to come back for uh, yes we could we could have a little recap on some of the the most important things that have happened since episode three, we've we've since we last spoke, we've seen the banishment of Brian, Johnny, and I think I'm about to say the person that just got banished in this episode, uh, but that's I can see it now, right? No, we're going to talk about that later. Let's talk no, about we'll Brian, talk about and, later. Brian yeah. and Johnny. Yeah. Uh, any brief thoughts on on the the banishment of those two? Well, technically also Ash, I believe, because that oh. technically happened. Well, no, it <laughs> happened at the end of episode four. Actually. No, four, four. Yeah. So that's right. That weird cliffhanger thing. That was the that was the dumbest cliffhanger ever. So let me start with that thought. That was just a dumb cliffhanger. And I disagree, but we'll maybe talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, we could talk about it, you know, I mean. But I just thought, I mean, we know it's not a cliffhanger. We know what she's going to say. And it was funny because someone responded on Twitter when I said that was a dumb cliffhanger. Uh, and they said, well, she's going to say something or there's going to be a big reaction. And that's what the cliffhanger was. And then after that didn't happen, I was like, or not. And they were like, yeah, that was a dumb cliffhanger. <laughs> well, I think you're both right. And I, I won't go into it too much because uh, if you've listened to episode yeah. five, Jess, my guest Jessica and I spoke a lot about this, actually. And we both felt that the call it a cliffhanger if you want we felt we felt it was sort of deserved i think the yes we pretty much knew ash was about to get banished and she was going to say i'm a traitor but we kind of felt like the fact that it made people guess that something else might happen was reason enough in itself yeah. to leave it like that so it got people talking in social media including me speculating oh <gasps> No, something else is going to happen. So that alone might be worth them leaving it like that. And and moreover, they didn't they they want to end every episode with something tense and exciting. And because right. we already knew who was going to get murdered, there wasn't going to be any cliffhanger at Traitor's Tower. So this was kind of their only option to leave it. There was nothing I else mean, exciting to leave it on. They could have left it before the actual vote. I mean, once that, the people started voting, it was obvious who it was going to be. I, I just think it's better to not have a cliffhanger that leaves you let down afterwards. Because like like you said, and like the person who was corresponding with me on Twitter said, uh, like, oh, there's something big happening here. And then it's nothing. And yeah. it, it's kind of like uh, on The Amazing Race, uh, at least especially the U.S. Amazing Race. There's a running joke after all these seasons where going into a commercial break. 
a team has these huge problems. Oh my gosh, are they going to be able to solve it? It's a huge cliffhanger going into commercial. And then as soon as you come out of commercial, they're like, oh yeah, we're done. Okay, <laughs> we fixed it. And yeah. so it's always a letdown, you know? And and I, so that's how I felt sure. about this. I guess over time, if they relied on that too much, you, you yeah. might get a bit of fatigue and it, it would eventually lose its effect. I, I can see that. Um, how about uh, Johnny being banished? How did you think I, about that? I did not see that coming at all. I yeah. thought he would be safe for a while. I mean, I figured the traitors would have to murder him. I thought he was such an obvious faithful and he was so well liked. I thought they were going to have to murder him. And I just didn't see everyone turning on him like on a dime. Yeah, I was also surprised. And it, uh, it, yeah, it seemed very sudden This mm -hmm. and because he he got a, it was a very clear sort of banishment so many of yeah. them voted for him it, uh, yeah it seemed to sp spawn from two maybe two people mentioning him as a suspect and then everyone just piled on it very right. strange right so uh we're going to talk about episode six from here on in before we get okay there... now wait i did have one more oh. thought coming into this episode <laughs> okay go uh sorry it wasn't about a banished person in particular uh it's it, coming into the episode I, you know thinking about paul yeah. And how he's been setting himself up. And I think as much as everyone loves him, he's been doing a poor job by repeatedly talking about how he felt he would be targeted because of his popularity. And then putting himself in the dungeon and not getting murdered just made him look so suspicious. And I know he's managed to wriggle his way out of it for now, but we're already starting to see a few people you know, starting to pick up on it that the, you know, the forces have not gathered yet, but it's, I just feel it's an unnecessary risk. There was no reason to do it. And I, I think he's gotten a little cocky. Now we're not talking Australia season two, Sam levels of cocky, <laughs> but you know, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that's a comparison I've made as well. It is, it, he's not quite at Sam level, but mm -hmm. I, I agree. I think, He's become obsessed with, and the thing is that vote that you know, this vote that said he was the most popular wasn't really that important. It was part of a silly game where they all right. answered a questionnaire. It could have just been like f five people picked him, and all the rest were scattered amongst everyone. It wasn't necessarily an overwhelming majority of people that said that about him. But he, I mean, I suspect it was it. between him and Andrew, you know. Uh, but um, I, I think that. You know, those I mean, those questions accomplished what they were intended to between Brian and Paul. You know, yeah, they yeah. they got people thinking. Yeah. And I, you think you're right that Paul has, has become really fixated on it and sort of is believing his own hype. Yes. And actually, it's not going to serve him well. And he, what he needs to be doing is downplaying his own hype. Ah, I'm not really that popular. You know, that's why they're not coming after me. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and uh so yeah, he needs he needs to do something, and, and you know we'll get to that a little bit in this episode, I think. Yeah, I suspect he won't do the something that he should do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now uh, it is time to set up our own game of betrayal and deception. This is the traitor traitor. Our not so secret mission from here on in is to tell one lie to one another. 
The lie has to be a fabrication or made-up fact, big or small, about the traitors, about ourselves, about anything. For example, I could lie and tell David that the poisoned chalice was hidden inside a copy of Fifty Shades of Grey. However, <laughs> my lie can't be a fake feeling or opinion. Like saying Fifty Shades of Grey is my favourite novel. When in fact the truth is it's my second favourite. Oh. That wouldn't count. <laughs> so we're looking for fake facts, not fake opinions and feelings. At the end of the episode, we each have to put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. For about the 20th time now, yes. are, you, are you ready to play the traitor traitor with me, David? I am. I am. And I have to say, I have never read Fifty Shades of Grey. So <laughs> that, I, that's I'm assuming that's the truth, because I haven't said that the game has started officially yet. Oh, so. shit. I, mean, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I actually have not read it either. Uh, in that case, our game begins now. And we are ready to dive into episode six of the Traitors UK series two. <laughs> We start off with a recap of some of the most important things from previous episode. We're reminded that Ross won the shield in the mission. Johnny, of course, as we just spoke about, was banished. And Harry got really upset about it. Jazz seems like he's on to Paul. And he tells Harry about this, who then tells Paul. And <laughs> it feels like in Traitor's Tower, the three people who are possibly going to be murdered are Diane, Charlotte, or Tracy. The episode properly begins then, and we're, we're still at Traitor's They do this sometimes, where they show us a continuation of Traitor's mm -hmm. Tower. It's a little bit pointless. They kind of just say the same thing they already said at the end of the last episode. They, they've chosen someone, we don't know who, and they think that they've made a great choice because this person will confuse everybody. My prediction at the end of episode five of the podcast was that it would be Tracy. Uh, I, I get you could completely fake this, David. What, what did you suspect would happen? My prediction was anybody but Tracy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, just being honest here. <laughs> why? I, I we'll get into that. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Once we reveal who it actually was, okay, okay. you know, we can talk. Drum roll, please. Okay. Uh, I although I have a feeling I might know what you're going to say. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh. So we start at breakfast properly then. Uh, there's some more lovely, beautiful scenery shots of Scotland, much different to how it actually is today here in Scotland. Uh, and it makes me feel like I really must go to Ardross Castle at some point. Uh, Ross, uh, Ross comes into breakfast and he says that despite having the shield, it was a grim sleep. And he still has this feeling that he has a target on his back for being so vocal about his thoughts on the traitor. And I spoke about this already. I still don't understand this because I think, well, you were wrong though about the traitor. So why do you, I, I don't understand why Ross <laughs> thinks he's a target. I mean, he might be a target for banishment, but he wouldn't be a target for yeah. the traitors because yeah, you, you just keep being wrong. Go for it. That's literally what my next note says. I've written in capital letters, unless he means target as a banishment target. So maybe he just didn't convey that properly or, or maybe I just misinterpreted. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, I, he probably did mean a traitor's target. What he could be thinking is because once he picked a target himself, 
he was so vocal about it. So they could be worried. Oh, what if he lands on one of us? Yeah. But that's kind of, you know, that's stretching things. Yeah. I don't think he has more of a reason to be worried about murder than anyone else. So I, I don't know why he keeps going on about it. Charlie now thinks that Ross could be a traitor, funnily enough, uh, because she says that he sort of commandeers discussions at the round table. And because we're shown that in the edit, I sort of immediately think, uh-oh, is this, are they, are they telling <laughs> us something about Ross here? Why are they showing us this? Molly, Ross, and some of the others talk about how, you know, we're, we're essentially at the halfway point, almost. So... Everybody knows each other really well. Relationships are strengthening and that therefore makes the game much harder. You know, it's more it's more mm-hmm. difficult to vote, vote out somebody that actually you get on with really well. But the, and this is the moment where I thought, wait a minute, Charlotte's already here. This is really weird. Charlotte's already at the table. She was one of the three people who we saw the traitors discuss. So we were led to believe that she was probably going to be either murdered or one of mm-hmm. the last group of people to walk in. So I was quite surprised the the way they changed this. I thought they'd been doing that more this season of letting not having every, you know, the the people under consideration be the last ones to walk in, that they'd been interspersing them a little bit more. But maybe I'm thinking of Traders Canada, where they definitely did that. Yeah, if they've been doing it so far, I haven't noticed. I know that they've okay. they've, they've not left it to one single person walking in. Right. I, I thought they had still kept those last like two coming in together with others but maybe maybe okay. i'm wrong I, I was just very surprised to suddenly see her there mm-hmm. and i thought oh okay well she's out the running so yeah it's either going to be diane or tracy unless their editors are really messing with us and some other person goes who the right. editors didn't even discuss um <laughs> so they're trying they're trying to mess with us for that uh traders online game <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would be really annoyed if they did that because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i want to win <laughs> uh, so everybody at breakfast is discussing who they think is going to be murdered uh, it's funny because jazz says diane is like my auntie in here and paul makes the joke well she is my mum. yes and i yeah can't wait till they find out the truth and i don't know if they're going to find out on the show i really have a and i said this in the last episode of the podcast i have a feeling the truth won't come out maybe it maybe until like the last episode or something i i I don't think ross and diane are going to tell anyone i i think we'll see it on uncloaked uh when what if one if like Ross or Diane, whenever they go out, whoever they're talking to there, I think they may reveal it at that point. Yeah. Just to that one person. But I will say, based on like an interview that I saw or some video that I saw, uh, most, at least most, if not all, don't find out until afterwards in a group text chat. Yeah. Uh, that's the impression I got from Brian. He posted a video on TikTok, I think, and he he shared a little yeah. screenshot of him finding out. Right, and right. Note. So yeah, yeah. Actually, it might have been on Uncloaked. It might have been that they mentioned it on Uncloaked that they found out uh, that way. That I think that was how they mentioned it was yeah. uh, was there. But uh, yeah, it's, it it is funny, and for those people who watched you know, the last season of us big brother, I mentioned on previous podcast where you thought I was lying that, (laughs) um, you know, there was Sari and her son were there and he called Sari mama C and, uh, Felicia mama fee. 
And the funny thing was, Mama Fee kept saying, you're so much like my son. You're just like my son. I, I call you my son in the house. And <laughs> so here she was saying, you're my son in the house. And he really was someone's son in the house. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it it is. It, there are some funny uh, parallels there. Yeah. And it's a fun dynamic to, to watch with, right. with uh, you know, one up on everybody in the game. Uh, we're really just waiting for three people left to arrive and in walk Diane, Harry and Anthony, therefore meaning Tracy was gone and my prediction was correct. Uh, and mine was not. And yours was not. <laughs> ha ha. Uh, <laughs> we, we get a couple of flashbacks here. So firstly, we go back to Traitor's Tower and the Traitors reiterate that, well, they reiterate something that's probably not that accurate. They say Tracy has no clear link to any of us well, that part's true. Uh, Tracy has no clear link to any of us. Like, you know, we're not particularly close to her. We've mm -hmm. not had a run-in with her. Therefore, if we murder her, no one will understand why, or no one will make a connection back to us three anyway. We also then see Tracy getting her letter telling her she'd been murdered. Uh, I've just written, what a shame. Uh, she she then does another Meg. Is it? Is it, though? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, she, she does a Meg, and what I mean by that is... When Meg was murdered, she thought that it was because she was like too observational and mm -hmm. that's why they'd gotten rid of her. So Tracy completely misunderstands why she's been murdered. She says it's because she was an asset to the faithful, because she's psychic. And I wonder, Tracy, when were you planning on actually using those abilities? Yes. And she literally says in the next breath, I don't know who the traitors are, but they're playing a very good game. I thought, what use were you to the faithful if by episode six you still don't know who the traitors are? You're stop it, David. You surely have something to say here. Well, you Tracy. you stole everything from me. No, uh, yeah, I was I was surprised they murdered Tracy. Uh, you know, as you said, I, you might say I didn't predict it, uh, but. <laughs> But uh, of course, you also know I'm I'm happy about it. Uh, well, sort of happy about it because I was so certain that she would not get murdered that I switched her into a final three spot in that online traders game. Uh. <laughs> so want want. Uh, but I I just thought they'd keep her around as harmless until the end because she was she had no clue what was going on even though she proclaimed herself a psychic. I thought it would be similar to the Traders Canada, where there was someone who was similar who got kept around very long. Yeah. And uh yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, she's like, I can read auras and I'm I'm being quite psychic. And then to just immediately turn around and say she didn't know it. And <sighs> I, I but I do want to think the production schedule gods for first putting Tracy's cold reading in episode three <laughs> and then her elimination in episode six. It's like they set it up just for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then also to pile on, and I know we'll talk, uh, you know, you'll talk very briefly about uncloaked at the end, but even in uncloaked, like she didn't even go back, you know, back. I half expected her to backtrack on what she'd said and say, oh, you know, I uh, I really did know or or something like that. But no, she further admitted in Uncloaked that she was wrong about all the traitors. And then I'll have further thoughts about that when we get to the Uncloaked part. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I have a 
feeling I might know what you're going to mention, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yes. Uh we cut back to breakfast then. Diane is quite bothered. She I think she was quite close with Tracy, so she's annoyed that Tracy's gone. But she's also wondering why she keeps being saved and thinks mm. this is really strange, oh, which yeah. makes her start to consider <laughs> that maybe her son Ross actually could be a traitor. So there's a bit of a doubt going on with Diane, which is very exciting to watch. Zach then suggests to Anthony that well, let me, let me ask you this. Do you think Ross could be a traitor and not tell his mother? Do you think he is capable of that level of deception? I I don't I don't think he would, you know, break the rules of the game and tell her, mm-hmm. but I imagine he's probably not a very good actor. He seems quite earnest and yeah, I, I don't see him as an incredible performer mm-hmm. who could hide it. Then again, uh, his brother is an actor, so maybe acting runs in the family. Yeah, there you <laughs> maybe, go. Maybe he is. Uh, so I, I have no way of knowing. Yeah, like I, you know, I have two sons. Uh, that was my first lie to you when I said I had two daughters. <laughs> uh, and you didn't catch it. Uh, but uh, it's funny because as they were younger, one was a terrible liar, and one, uh, he, he wasn't necessarily a great liar, but he kept it up. You know, like he we found out he had like spent all the money in his piggy bank and we were like, (laughs) where did it go? And he kept insisting that he had I don't even remember the exact thing that he had said. It was like I used it to uh, buy lunch or something like that. And we're like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And so we we stopped his allowance for like two years, hoping and expecting that at some point he'd give in. So he'd get an allowance. And he never did. So after two years, we just gave up and we're like, fine, you've outlasted (laughs) us, you know? And uh, so, so, uh, you know, but then the older son who was the worst liar, he grew into it because he, um, he started now he doesn't live in the same city as us. He started uh, secretly dating a girl, but he didn't want to tell us for a while. So like any time he'd be out with her, he'd be like, well, my friend and I went to <laughs> went, went to the movies. And uh, like one time uh, someone was calling him. I don't remember if it was me or my other son was calling him for some tech support. And his his girlfriend was in the room, but she had to sit in the corner silently, you know, so that uh, so. So, you know, they can do it. You know, kids can lie to their parents. It's just it's just a little tougher. Yeah. Why was he keeping a secret girlfriend? (laughs) I just think he didn't he didn't want to say anything until he was sure it was something uh, significant. Okay. Okay. Uh, So we still occasionally just call, I mean, it's been what a year and a half or more. And, and uh, we still occasionally say, Oh, you know, you're his friend. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Zach suggests to Anthony that Tracy's murder now puts him in the firing line, puts him in everyone's crosshairs. I, I thought Zach was saying it, though. I mean, Zach and Anthony really have not been getting on well at all. Yeah. <laughs> but the way he was saying this to Anthony at breakfast, I thought was the, the friendliest he's been to him. I, I felt like he was saying it as if he didn't personally believe it. He just thinks that something mm-hmm. the traitors have done. So I couldn't quite... I, I thought, oh, maybe Zach and Anthony are going to get on now. And <laughs> little did I know. Uh, yeah. I, I thought Zach had chilled out a bit. Uh, which is 
I mean, both of them have a way of pissing people off accidentally with the way they talk. Yeah. And you you went back in in the episode four podcast. You circled back to some of the things that Zach had said that had been misinterpreted. And, you know, you and I were chided for not pointing out <laughs> that they had been misinterpreted. And, you know, I had thought that I, I mean, you've already explained this, but I had thought that I noticed those things. But I didn't bring it up because it didn't matter what he really said. What mattered was what other people thought he said. I guess in the grand scheme of thing, pure objective truth. Yes, it, it mattered. But for the game, what mattered was the way you come off. And he often does that. We'll see that later with with Anthony, uh, where, you know, later he'll say something to someone like, are you finished? And they take yeah. it totally the wrong way. Uh, and just so both of them have this way of talking that accidentally puts people off. And so it's maybe not surprising that they, you know, really bump heads with each other so often. Yeah, I, I definitely have more to say about that when we get to banishment room, but the, the, yeah, the, this thing about Zach, the funny thing is, uh, this is very trivial, but. Back in the whatever they, it was, it must have been uh, first or episode three that we did, and we talked about Zach, I guess. Yeah. The funny thing is, I when I was watching that those episodes for the first time, and someone Charlotte or someone talked about Zach and said, "Oh, he mm -hmm. said this really weird thing to me." Me as a viewer, when I was watching it, I did think I don't remember his saying that. And as a lazy podcaster, I couldn't be bothered going back to check. But I did think I, I don't remember hearing him say that. And then, sure enough, that's because he actually didn't say those things. But or he said them differently. Uh, he said them quite closely. And, you know, to be fair, we have pointed that out on previous podcasts uh, that like in that happened a lot in. Was it Australia season one, maybe where there was just things that would be said and and i'm sorry we've we've talked about so many different yeah. seasons no, i and think that, you, you know, are right i think you're thinking about what i'm thinking about you know where someone would say something and it was misheard near the near the cars and then that was pushed and that just continued through the whole season uh like well what about going back to you know 8 days ago when so and so said this or yeah whatever and and, you know, there was another time where uh, uh, one of the traders was going for a shield and he was like, oh, I'd murdered to get that shield or something. And people were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, he used the M word. Oh, my gosh. How could he? And so it's but in the end, it's all about how people interpret what you say and whether Zach said those exact words or not is less important to me than the fact that he was saying anything that could be interpreted in a certain way. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about it in episode three. He just keeps saying things. Even when people tell him, stop it. He just keeps saying things. Yeah. And uh, interrupting people a lot, which right. is not doing him any good. At this point in the episode, I made a note and I wrote down, I'm calling it now, banishment tonight is either Ross or Anthony. Just based on reading the clues of television and reading the clues of editing, you know, we're 10 minutes in the episode, I, I thought, right, the, 
they've planted the seeds for us as a viewer. They've showed us people questioning both Ross and Anthony. They're doing this for a reason. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I kind of got the impression the episode was headed that way. Uh, Claudia arrives at breakfast. She tells them that essentially the score, if we're keeping score, is 7-1, meaning seven faithful have gone and only one traitor. She gives them a very serious reprimand about not playing the game seriously. <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, Claudia Winkleman is not an actress. She's a presenter. She's a host. She's a radio DJ. But I think she's really loving this. I, I think she fits the part so well and is probably really getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. She tells them that the mission today will not be during the day, but will be at night, which is very unusual, and leaves them with a little bit of a clue saying, I hope you're not scared of the dark. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely, you know, I I said I I like the way she's hosting and everything. Of course, this still goes back to, and, and she's playing her role here, and it goes back to the idea that oh, it's the faithful's job to get rid of all the traitors and that's how they should be keeping score. And yeah, that's what they want the TV audience to, you know, to see also. But it's really not. It's really not the game. Now, maybe the faithful should get rid of one more traitor at this point, you know, (laughs) and not, you know, but they also don't know necessarily that there were four to start. Uh, So, yeah. you know, but yes, the the way they hammer it home, the way she hammers at home in particular is is funny. And then, you know, later we'll see Anthony uh, pick up on the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. We see some discussions around the house then. We're in the kitchen and Evie is theorizing about Tracy's murder. And she says either it was a random choice to completely confuse us, which is correct, or it was to pin the blame on you, meaning Anthony. Mm-hmm. And Anthony says, well, Tracy only voted for me once in four roundtables. Uh, and he tells the others that, he says, so it isn't interesting that Zach's the one who brought up this theory this morning at breakfast, meaning mm-hmm. Zach's manipulating things and uh, actually Zach's the traitor. And he, Anthony then says, I'm telling you, 100%. And this is my sort of emerging theme this series. I know, I know they always use this phrase, 100% faithful. Uh, but he says, I'm telling you 100%. Uh, my, <laughs> and he's he's talking about the fact that he hundred percent believes Zach is a traitor. I I just love the blind confidence of the faithful. When <laughs> I, I think in the traitors, the only people in the game who can ever be a hundred percent sure about any player's identities are, are the traitors. If you're mm-hmm. not a traitor, stop saying you're a hundred percent sure of things. You're not. So it, it just makes me laugh. Every time people like you, no, no, you're 100% faithful. I know it. I think you don't know it. <laughs> Stop saying that. You can say it's, you're very confident, but it's a reflection of uh, real life and social media. You know, there are many people on social media who are absolutely 100% certain that they are right about things that are they are just wrong about. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, you know, maybe it's it's a reflection of our times. Yeah. But yes, it's it is funny that. If you look at the traders themselves when they're talking, they're the least they're acting the least certain, you know, even when Harry was was uh, voting out Ash, he was like, I've just got a gut feeling uh, and miles. Oh, I never know which way to go. I don't have anything to go on. Uh, and Paul constantly, you know, pointing in the most random direction. Uh, so 
Maybe maybe that's the clue is look for the person who says who doesn't say they're 100 percent certain. Yeah. And the weird thing is the traitors don't really have much to lose by they can say whatever they want. You know, right. A traitor doesn't have anything to fear by accusing someone 100 percent of something because that person can't can't take any action back against them. So, well, they can't. But if they get voted out and they're a traitor. Sometimes or they're faithful. Sometimes people will go, well, you were really backing that that person was faithful. Uh, But then again, you know, uh, what was it? Zach said uh, before they voted out. Who was it? Was it was it Johnny or was it before Johnny? I don't know. He said, well, and if it turns out they're they're faithful, you can come after me next. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And then they did. (laughs) So. So Harry is uh, in the kitchen during all of this going on, and he seems to just be loving the chaos while he sits back and has to do very little. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll talk about this later, probably, but I think Harry's doing a great job. Yes, uh, Miles. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I did. I did want to go back because you mentioned Evie uh, a moment ago. Yes. I always forget Evie's on the show. <laughs> a lot of um, people do, <laughs> and. Uh, which is a reason that I also made her one of my uh, final three people, because I was like, I was like, she poses no threat. I I think that she'll make it to the end and then they'll just let her, you know, let her come along with one of the traitors, whoever it is, Uh, probably, probably Harry at this point, I think. But um, I I just, yeah, I, I, constantly forget that she's on the show yeah very early on i i i'm it's so difficult to make predictions at the start of a season what's where anyone is going but i Mm -hmm. predicted probably someone like evie or charlie or molly would get really far because they seem very quiet but but then again those are the people who sometimes get murdered because the faith the traitors decide they'll never get banished we have to get rid of them so it's difficult to tell whether or not that that will end up happening. Yeah, it really depends how clued in or clueless they are near the end. Yeah. You know, if if the traders feel that they have them in their pocket or not. Yeah. Miles is in another room of the castle and he starts talking about Andrew, which I, I found quite strange. He's suggesting a couple of people he thinks are traitors. He says Andrew or Anthony. And I, I don't know where the Andrew thing comes from. Uh, Zach... And Ross then back up this as well. Well, the the Anthony part anyway, which again makes me think, okay, that's where Roundtable is going tonight. We then move to outside. Uh, Diane is having a chat to a few people and she refers to Ash. And she says, Ash said we weren't looking in the right direction. And I think, okay, right, Ash was a traitor and you all know Ash was a traitor. Mm -hmm. So either Diane thinks Ash was trying to give them a secret clue or Diane has just randomly picked up on some silly thing a traitor said to get out of being banished. And yeah. I, I think it's the latter. I think Diane doesn't really know what's going on. Um, because, in fact, it's then backed up. Seconds later, Diane says, I now think Andrew's a traitor. <laughs> um, I am yeah, surprised at this because just two or three days ago, Andrew was the one that they all saved from the dungeon, presumably because they all... Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was a, a faithful and they all really liked him. I mean, do you have any idea why now people are starting to question him? I think it's the whole 
situation of anyone who is too popular suddenly becomes like, okay, just like I was saying about Paul, why hasn't Andrew been murdered yet? You know, if he's so popular and it's I, I did, you know, criticize Paul at the beginning, but it's smart of Paul to keep Andrew in there because then he's kind of acting as um, a shield. Yeah. You know, not the not the literal shield that mm-hmm. they have here, but more of a shield of a type in Survivor Big Brother, where it's like, OK, if there's someone who's as or more popular, always there, then you know, maybe they don't question Paul as much. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And Andrew actually appears at this point, uh, and he asks Diane, why do you think Tracy's gone? Sorry, Diane asks him why he thinks Tracy's gone. She's obviously trying to get some Mm -hmm. information out of him, see how he responds to this. Andrew just says he has no idea, and then actually repeats what Diane had just said before he arrived. He says, we've got to look at someone who has no heat on them at all. Someone that no one has been suspecting. And then he suggests Ross, because Johnny (laughs) and Ross had this conflict. And we cut to Diane in her interview again. And she says, I find it difficult when people accuse Ross in front of me, but she has 1% of her that's not 100% sure that he's not a traitor. (laughs) And I, I guess I have to give her credit because I think, well... At least she's kind of, at least, she, you know, she's kind of admitting mm-hmm. maybe he's a tra- And we know he's not, but it's it would be worse if she was saying, "There's he's my son, there's no way he's a traitor. At least she's right. kind of admitting, well, he could be, and I have to think about that. I mean, they have to get to a point. There's, uh, you know, to uh, minor, very minor, minor. Yeah, it's not even a spoiler. It's, the cast has been announced. The U.S. season has a couple on it. A known couple, not a secret couple like they had in the previous UK. And, you know, they keep doing these things. And at some point, they have to make one person a traitor and one not, whether it's mother and son or a couple or, you know, it's like, come on, at some point it has to happen. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think I like it. It's it adds an extra level of secrecy Mm -hmm. and uh it has so much potential for all different things to happen you know whether one of them is a traitor or both of them are traitors and uh it's it's a it's a good mechanic yeah to make interesting things happen before i move on to the mission i will just own up to something at this point I, i will be very honest my theory from the last episode has been debunked i had this theory at the end of episode five about Diane, I thought there was a moment at the end of episode five where Diane had suddenly caught on to Paul. I thought she had this, she was overhearing other people talk about Meg's murder still and saying something about, yeah, isn't it weird that Meg got murdered? We never figured that out. I thought Diane had was was piecing it all together, <laughs> but, but no, but no. <laughs> <laughs> She's on Andrew now. So it's time for the mission. Uh, which and I noticed here. I I my first note about the mission is this feels very sudden. We've done a whole day in about five minutes, and that's significant as the episode goes on. We arrive at a graveyard for the mission, and we we've had cemetery tasks before. This it's mm-hmm. it's all set up really well. It's very creepy. The music's working. It's it's quite a you know it's a great set piece. Um, yes, it's very dramatic and dynamic. Yeah, people. 
some of the people coming in are like, oh, it's dark and we're in a cemetery. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's not a real cemetery. You know, <laughs> I mean, even if it were OK, but it's not, you know, <laughs> it's not what uh... <laughs> yeah. they're not oh. really robbing other people's graves. Oh, it's man. Shocking. <laughs> there is 10,000 pounds available here. Apparently they have 15 minutes to do it. Uh, this is one of the times that I might believe the time limit. I generally mm -hmm. think the time limits aren't real, but maybe this one is. Uh, they basically have to run around, smash open a bunch of graves to find money. One of them has a shield in it. However, there is a twist. It's not that easy. There are two big spotlights. These beams of light moving around the fake cemetery, and they have to not get caught. So don't be caught in the light. It's it's very video game to me. There are often missions like this in video games. Uh, so it, it's good for. It also reminded me of Squid Game a bit too. Yeah, like this sort of red light, green light. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, to me, it reminded. It felt like a combination of the prior graveyard and art heist mission. So they had spotlights instead of lasers. Uh, you know. So, um, yeah. I I just you know found that that that's how i looked at it was that combination i will say when you say they had 15 minutes and it's real i think that there were definitely pauses each time someone got knocked out yeah. because much like in squid game red light green light in the the you know the reality tv version of squid game uh you know that lasted like seven hours yeah. and it was because they had to look to see okay who actually moved, who didn't move, et cetera. And I'm I'm sure while we saw the the obvious times and it would turn red and everything else, I'm sure that they had to, you know, in the moment be like, oh, wait, did that clip them? Did it not? Et, et cetera. So I'm sure there were pauses in there. Yeah. And of course, uh, Studio Lambert are the same production company who makes Squid Game and Squid Game ah. Challenge and hmm. the Tracers. Uh, Charlie is the most excited about this game and the first out, which really yeah. made me laugh. Zach gives some great advice to the uh, the players during the game. He says, do not get caught. Thanks, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> we yes. hadn't thought of that. Yes. Miles then does this interesting thing. He takes on this leadership kind of navigator role, which is really strange to me because just in the last episode, he said he wasn't good at being in charge he said oh people keep just like nominating me as the leader of the challenge last time it was the big catapult and they give him the, the instructions and he acted like he felt uncomfortable about that but now he's going along with it and he decides to stand at the side and just shout silly instructions at them <laughs> that aren't really helping anyone now i i do have to interrupt you here because that was not a catapult that was a trebuchet <laughs> I said, I said this on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't know that, but someone, uh, Ivan from series one of the Tracers, who's a really big game player, mm -hmm. he corrected lots of people on X. And uh, well, so did I think Zach. I, I think it was Zach. It was either Zach or Ross. Those are about the only two people that are on Twitter that I follow uh, from this season. I think it was Zach. It sounds more like a Zach thing. He he said the whole time I was thinking that's not a catapult. It's a trebuchet. <laughs> I. I didn't even know how to pronounce that. I thought it was trebuchet, but it's trebuchet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was close. My favorite part of the mission is actually Claudia. 
It's just Claudia screaming at them. Yes. <laughs> so that's that's the note I have. It's I, I thought it was funny that Claudia helped as much as Miles did in terms of yelling when the spotlight was coming. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, she probably shouldn't have, as the host, been giving advice, you know, but I mean, her advice was better than Miles's was. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. Look out, the spotlight's coming at Paul was just getting so annoyed. It's like, yes, we can see. It's a big light. We see it. <laughs> yeah. And so screaming like move left means something different to every person right. who's on it. <laughs> right. Their, their left is different for everyone. Uh, yeah. Claudia made me think of like a mum at sports day at school, just like screaming at her kids. Uh, I, I, You mentioned Paul, actually, and I, I noted that too. I thought it was really interesting. And we, we've probably spoken about this before, but uh, Paul's Paul's annoyed with Miles because he says he's not he's not getting involved in the game enough, and he says traitor or not, that's not being a team player. It's it's uh, it's not the first time I've noticed Miles seeming to not do very much in challenges mm -hmm. in the watery bridge gold nugget things. There was a shot of him just sitting on the ground doing nothing. But my the 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 question I want to ask and the interesting thing to me is, does it matter? Does does uh being a team player or being good in the missions matter in this game? Uh, I have an answer to this, but I want to know what you think. So I would say theoretically, yes, because in theory, you want to keep the people who are going to add money to the pot so that you can then knock them out and take that pot uh, if you're a trader. Um, so it's really great if there's someone who is physically good and not that bright. Uh, cause then you can just use them, use them, use them and, and take the money from them at the end. Uh, you know, so I do think it matters. I think we've seen in previous series where someone was really bad at challenges. And so they took them out for that reason. Um, you know, I mean, if you're mediocre, then you're probably okay. Cause I think, you know, by definition, most people are mediocre, uh, for the bridge one. Miles did try and he failed miserably, you know, and he even <laughs> said, this is not for me, you know, uh, this is, uh, you know, he was not built for that type of uh, challenge. Uh, but in this one, he should have been in there actually helping to dig and to, you know, smash things rather than standing up there and, and saying, Hey, there's a spotlight. Yeah. I think I have a similar answer to you and that, Although one one thing I might disagree on is you said it's a good idea to keep people around who are good at the challenges because it raises the prize pot. However, on this show, I the these it seems like they just win every time. Like it's very rare that they fail a mission or don't win lots of money. So I sort of think they produce the games in such a way that they're probably always going to win something. So I that's don't that's know true. How much that, difference it makes. Yeah. Um, but my my broader answer to the question is it it doesn't really matter to the game whether or not you're any good at the challenges or it, it shouldn't matter but it does matter so mm -hmm. it doesn't when you sit at the round table and you vote for someone you're supposed to vote on someone that you think is a traitor or you're supposed to be clever and mm -hmm. figure out who the traitor is on your own and then vote them out much later on in the game i don't think you're really supposed to vote out who you think is not good at challenges. But the reason I'm saying it does matter is because 
people are stupid and yeah. <laughs> people people or maybe i shouldn't say that it, it's human it's, it's a human game it's a social game and i'll right. talk more about that later as well but you have to realize that you need people you need to give everybody lots of reasons to keep you in the game and if being mm-hmm. good at the game that the missions is one of those reasons even though it doesn't really matter then just do it just be good at the missions and just try really hard and pretend that you're a team player and you're giving it your all every time just because that might make people warm to you more and it will make you bond with people and you'll have friends right. and so I, psychologically it's probably right good to try and be good at them yeah i think that being bad at the missions is especially worse in like the first couple because people are looking for any reason. Yeah, yeah. And if you fail miserably at whatever you were doing in the challenge, in the in the mission, uh, and people notice it, then they're going to be like, huh, we don't want, you know, however many more weeks of this. So let's just get rid of them now. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I agree. So uh, I, I do want to say in this mission, uh, you know, we were talking about Claudia. And her, she also did something else. She spoke for all of Twitter and most of social media when she said, Diane is a superstar. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have written something similar. I just wrote, Diane is a machine. Yeah. Until she gets caught. But she's well, so good. She's 63. She's a, she's, yeah, Claudia says she's a rock star. She's fantastic. Um. So... Uh, well done, Diane. And I think they, they talk about it on Uncloaked as well a little bit. As well as the money, the J- Jasmine gets a shield, which is actually the second time she's done this. She mm-hmm. did it in episode three with the Scarecrows. The Yeah, I felt like the mission actually was playing out in real time almost. It felt like it lasted really for about 15 minutes. It was, <laughs> it was I mean, I was enjoying it, but it, yeah. I noticed that it was they were giving it a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony and Zach are the last two left, which I thought was really appropriate <laughs> because they just bought heads so much. Uh, and Anthony again says this thing. He says that being strong in the missions might save him. And I thought, I, um, I guess if subconsciously yeah. it makes people like you for that mm-hmm. reason, but I don't think it's going to save you, Anthony, at all. Uh, my... Yeah, I, I wrote some more notes about how... Oh, actually, this I, I had a thought about the missions. A final thought, like a sort of Jerry's final thought. Uh, I uh, I quite often make fun of them and I say, oh, I don't need to take notes now, they're not important, who cares? Mm-hmm. And I think the consensus amongst most viewers is this is the part of the episode they care the least about. Yes. I, I did sort of try and think of it from a different perspective and I thought, well, from the players' perspectives, this is probably the best time they have. Like This is the time of each day that they can kind of relax they, yes. they're not really thinking about who's a traitor the and maybe that doesn't matter for us as a viewer but it, it, this is you know round table can't be enjoyable this is probably the the point of each day that they live for and they think do you know what i just want to go and do a mission and have fun for the day and we don't need to theorize about who's lying and and probably for claudia and the crew i'm sure it's really it's really hard work for the crew to mm-hmm. say everything up but it's probably fun for them as well to just let like, you watch a game play out. So I, I have to give it that. Yeah. And they're all on the same team. You know, this isn't like the mole where the mole is working against you. You know, the traders are still working with 
the faithful here to get that money in the pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, you can definitely let your guard down a little bit in terms of just, you know, do it. Everybody's supposed to be working together. Now, when it's team against team and you're fighting for shields, you know, that brings a little bit into it. Um, and I will say I was I was surprised because this was actually one mission when it might have been possible to hide who won the shield. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. And, but then Claudia went ahead and called her out. Like in previous times, she said, does anyone want to admit who got the shield? In this case, she was like, Jasmine got the shield. And it's like, okay, well, uh, uh, just call her right out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I Even though I said my final thought was the other thing. No, this is my real final thought. <laughs> uh, exactly what you said. Claudia just tells everyone that Jasmine found the shield. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that she didn't get the choice to hide it. I mean, do you have any thoughts? What? Why? Why is this the case? I don't know. The only thing I can think of that's possible is if she asked and Jasmine said yes, and then she announced it. But it, it, the wording would have been very weird if that were the case. So I don't know. I I, I don't know why she just announced it that way yeah unless it was you know and and footage that we just don't get to see maybe mm-hmm. maybe it had been very obvious that she'd found it maybe she jumped up and shouted about it at, right so it, it, maybe they just already knew i don't know uh we've got a little scene in the cars after the mission we've got paul harry andrew and anthony having a chat about miles's lack of effort andrew says something truly unintelligible and his strong Welsh accent, so I yeah. I just don't I actually don't know what he said, so I can't comment on it. I'm sure it was interesting. We go back to the house. Uh, Anthony and Zach are at each other again, and I don't know why. Uh, they they've both completely shifted their attention from Paul because both of them separately had suspected Paul was a traitor before now, and they've just abandoned it and they're going for one another, which is very frustrating to watch i i think it goes back to what we were saying earlier they're just the same type of people yeah and those type of people butt heads you know and at one point i know that uh you know in my notes i can't remember if he said it before the game or in the round table so i apologize if i'm jumping ahead but zach said i feel like i've been running my mouth way too much and i'm an easy target and it's like well yeah since the very beginning of the game zach yeah. you know he's it's he says it at the round table just okay. as they walk in to the okay. room. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I I also think it's an example of something we see all the time on this show, which is recency bias or mm-hmm. just short-term memory. No one is talking about Meg's strange murder anymore. Or, or if they are, they're not showing us it in the edit. So they just seem to have forgotten this question mark over Paul's return. They've They've, and- they've moved on. And yet in other seasons, how long did did the uh, Canadians hold on to that airport theory? Uh, you know, it was right. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they were right about it. But, oh, my God, they just kept bringing it up. Yeah. You or, know, and here, the thing that's a lot more obvious, they're not bringing up. Yeah. Or in, and you referenced this earlier. I think this is what you're referencing. In, in Australia, season one, in the first episode yeah, a, a player thinks she overhears a guy called Jack saying some, putting his arm around her, and or walking up behind her and saying, "Who, who are we going to murder tonight?" Yeah, and he he was like, "I I didn't say that," and 
everybody talked about it for about another six episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and by the, by the end, even even the women who said it was like was kind of like I, I I don't even remember what I heard now. I don't know, <laughs> but they couldn't let it go. Well, and it had spread too, so it wasn't just her. But then other people were saying it, and they were <laughs> acting as if it was gospel, even though it was like third hand, you know. Yeah. And then questioning her and saying, "Did did you make this up? Are you the traitor?" Yeah, right. But, uh, Harry feels like he he says he's like I actually like Harry Potter because he's wearing an invisibility <laughs> cloak because no one is looking at him at all. Andrew even tells him explicitly again, the second time in the episode, he feels like Harry's a hundred percent a faithful. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Harry then makes this. Uh, he makes this what, what, in my opinion, is a terrible argument, but everybody else just eats it up. He says, look, even if we get rid of a bad faithful tonight, uh, you know, I'm okay with that because we're just making the strongest team. And <laughs> I think it's nonsense, uh, but he's a, he's a traitor, so I can forgive him yeah. for just making this up and, and everyone I, else believing it. Like, Andrew just nods along like, yeah. I agree with Harry. Whether he was a traitor <laughs> or a faithful, I agree with him because... You know, and I mean, this is, you know, going back to, you know, the point of the game. Yeah. If someone is distracting, if someone is causing problems, get rid of them. We saw it happened in New Zealand, too, where uh, someone was like, look, I, I don't care if you're a faithful or a traitor because you're just, you know, you're you're a bad faithful. And then uh, in Canada, too, when uh, uh, Kevin was getting mad at someone and he was like i i really don't think that you are a traitor but you rub me the wrong way and you know so yeah get rid of the people who are causing problems in the team because it really doesn't matter at this point well i guess it, de it depends what you mean by bad faithful if it's just that they are wrong all the time okay i mean they're just one person so just ignore that one person. <laughs> Just don't go. Yeah, I mean, them. but some of them are hard to ignore. Some of them are, you know, they're distracting. They interrupt. They, you know, they they go off on tangents. They're annoying. Just all those things, uh, you know, which has happened in the previous ones. And especially even, you know, if they're just randomly uh, uh, guessing other people when uh, it was it was uh, aiming at you know, ran random people and you're worried, okay, they could come for me next, then yeah, that's a bad faithful. I think I would just be worried if I if I was a faithful and I felt like I was playing the game well and I saw my other faithful vote someone out and say, well, we don't actually think they're a traitor. I, I think I would be annoyed. I'd be like, well, what if you decide I'm a bad faithful? Are you just going to get rid of me? Oh, right. <laughs> well, and as a faithful, you should, you know, as a good faithful, you could probably use that to turn it on <laughs> that other person, as happened with the person I mentioned in Canada. Uh, you know, and so, so yeah, it can, it can work against you. But I think the way Harry set it up, he kind of, he wasn't as blatant about it as like Kevin was. Um mm -hmm. And he, he, uh, therefore, you know, he just kind of planted the seed as to who, who, you know, what the term was and, and, you know, watered the seed a little bit, let it grow. Yeah. And he is, so I use this word already, but appears earnest. He's, he appears so, mm -hmm. so honest and he's, he's 
acting so well that uh, he, you know, he's he's not pounding his fist and standing up right. and saying this in a speech. He's saying it very innocently at the table as if he's really just struggling and he just mm-hmm. he's just a good guy. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's great. It's working. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Uh, a little bit after this, uh, we see Zach talking to Jasmine. Uh, apparently, they're really close. I hadn't picked up on that friendship. Uh, and, he, and Molly's there as well. He's talking to her. He, Zach says he's paranoid because he thinks Harry, Andrew, and Anthony are all coming for him. And he would be correct to think that. <laughs> he also thinks if Andrew doesn't attack him at the round table, that's going to be weird. I, I assume he means... I don't really know what he means, actually. I think he means, well, if Andrew doesn't come for me at the round table, then that means Andrew might be a traitor. I just don't, I couldn't really follow Zach's logic there. I don't <laughs> really know what he meant. I don't know if the others knew what he meant either. Claudia uh, talks to us then, the viewer. She talks to us about the approaching round table. And I notice at this point that there are still 30 minutes left. And I mentioned this earlier that I thought the, the mission happened very quickly. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it lasted a long time, but it right it happened quickly in the you know timeline of the episode. Right. So I I knew something weird was going on. I thought something big is coming because it doesn't take half an hour to do a round table. So I already was excited about that. I thought we're going to get a round table and then something's going to happen, or maybe we're going to do some sort of like dinner party event, like happened in. Mm-hmm. series one so I, I i knew something strange was going on in terms of structure and I, and i was right we move on to the <laughs> round table then <laughs> uh and this is where going in we heard what you mentioned about zach he said he realizes he's been running his mouth too much yes zach you have claudia tells them that the prize total at this point which i truly haven't been actually paying attention to until this point which tells you an awful lot about what's important in this game <laughs> as a viewer uh that is the, the prize total is forty nine thousand five hundred and fifty pounds there's a shot of jazz at the round table and i realize here he's actually had no screen time this episode which i'm really surprised at after episode five because episode five ended with i think it was episode five with him Talking to Harry. Yeah. yeah the only saying... the only screen time I saw of him was pretty much uh when they were walking and he said, Hi Jazz. And I'm like, wait, you're jazz. Oh, he was talking to Jasmine, who they're also calling Jazz, yeah. which isn't confusing at all, you know. Yeah. It's there's it's like a Charlie and Charlotte. I, I'm sure at, at one point I had someone 
called Charlotte Char or she introduced herself as Charlie or something. So that episode one that confused me a little bit. Uh, well, I'm yeah. I'm still not sure who Charlie is. So you know, <laughs> most of Twitter is not sure who Charlie or Evie yeah. are. Yeah, uh, I Evie's Scottish, so that's identifying me, pet her to me. So when Charlie mm -hmm. speaks in an English English accent. I mean, I do know, I can tell them apart, but Evie's just given so little attention so far. Yeah. But when she speaks, she's Scottish. But yeah, ja Jazz... <laughs> she's not I, Scottish when she doesn't speak. She's only when, Scottish when she well, speaks. Well, yeah, when she doesn't speak, I'm not aware of her. She's invisible to me. <laughs> she's, she's wearing Harry's invisibility cloak. <laughs> I, but yeah, I was surprised that Jazz... I just thought Jazz was going to feature so... this More of this episode would be about Jazz and, yes. and Paul yeah. and it. It really didn't end up being. I think uh, he's just he's trying to quietly gather his forces, you yeah. know, and we'll I, I think next week. I mean, I know there's three episodes, so I think next week we will see the emergence or the murder of Jazz. Yeah. And uh, even later in this episode, Jazz does come right. to play a bit more. But it was just yeah. until this point, I was surprised. Yeah. Uh, Charlie goes first at the round table. She targets Ross because of his conflict with Johnny. And because he apparently said this strange thing to her, he, he said, please don't tell Johnny in some conversation that they'd had. I assume what she means is Ross said, I think Johnny's a traitor, but please don't tell him. Mm -hmm. the, the context wasn't completely clear. Ross defends himself by saying, well, look, I was... What can I say? I was 100%. Here we go again. I was 100% sure it was Johnny. That's all it was. I was just so certain. And so I didn't want it to get back to a traitor that was talking about him. Harry then speaks up and he says he's going to go for Zach tonight. Uh, with another strange explanation that I couldn't follow. I, I found it to be sort of waffly non-speak. But it works again. Like Ross, Ross nods along and agrees. And I think, well, Harry is... He's he's is working. He's doing it. Well, he's uh, he's showing his honesty by saying, "I'm not just blindsiding uh, my target here at the round table. I told them ahead of time that I was coming for them. That's how nice a guy I am." Yeah, yeah. So it's very effective. He and his reason for going for Zach is that he thinks Zach's kind of or a Ross, I think maybe says this that Zach's just always throwing too many different ideas out there, and he's very confusing and he contradicts himself. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Paul has said nothing so far and looks very pleased that there is zero heat on him whatsoever. Zach says, well, it's just normal to change your mind from day to day. That's not, that doesn't mean I'm a traitor. And Miles chips in a little bit here. He questions Zach further and Charlotte does too. So there's, there's definitely heat on Zach and he's probably going to mm -hmm. get some votes. Diane then jumps in with this really strange, to me, unexpected defense of Zach. I don't know why she's doing this. It's, I, I found it very odd. I, if anyone, you know, I, I would have thought she'd want to protect Ross at all costs. Yes. I, and not necessarily by verbally defending him, but I thought if she sees someone going for, if she sees people attacking someone that's not her son, just let them do it. Right. <laughs> Like and again, you talk. You used the word shield earlier. I thought, well, Zach is like a metaphorical shield for Ross here, so let him be that shield. I, I, I was surprised that she she stepped in this way. I, I, I don't know. She then turns to Andrew and says she suspected him from the beginning, and I thought, really? 
<laughs> I I genuinely feel at this point Diane has been in quotation marks certain about twelve different people from <laughs> in the game. Like, she's got someone new every day that she's a hundred percent convinced about. Charlotte suggests then that Andrew is behaving the same way as Ash did, and gives gives more sort of rambling, unclear explanations. Jazz also comes for Andrew, and I am very confused for a moment, but then. Thank goodness. He also mm-hmm. turns to Paul and he says, I'm still not quite settled with you. And he brings up Paul's popularity and the strangeness around him not being murdered after the dungeon. Hooray. They've not forgotten, or at least Jazz hasn't forgotten. Yeah. One person has. One forgotten. person. They have a bit of back and forth and Jazz sort of backs off very quickly, which on one hand is disappointing. On the other hand, is maybe just very wise. Because if no one else is going for Paul, why be that one person standing out? Right, right. Jasmine now uh, wants to attack Anthony, and there's there's a real almost argument here. She says he's completely different to when she first met him on the train platform. And actually, as a viewer, I I can see this, and I I can understand this impression of him that he's so intense all of the time. And this is where, David, I have to refer to you. This this made me think of you and your survivor rules. <laughs> because one of your rules of a survivor is that you have to play the social game. Yes. And I just couldn't stop thinking about that here as Anthony then goes on. I, he's in traitor hunting logic mode. He's not in friend making mode. And, and underneath the surface, it's great to be in traitor hunting mode. But people need to like you. And no, just they just don't like him because he's He's too, too assertive, and he's too intense. He doesn't... and it's—he's so intense. He reminds me of a former employee, in many ways, in that he's so intense when he's talking to you and when he's questioning you and saying things to you, and his eyes just—he has these. Uh, there's no better word. Intense eyes when he's looking at you, and it just looks—you know—it's it, a little bit scary when he's he's doing that and yeah i had an employee like that and he wasn't necessarily the best employee and um and so when he would like defend himself or question things that were told to him i i mean anthony really does remind me of that employee and it's you know it like i said it's that combination and like you said the intensity but even beyond that the the assertion, and I, I, I hate to even say this because they actually mentioned it on Uncloaked, uh, which, hey, they got one thing. Um, but there is a difference between, yes, the first two minutes when you meet someone on the train and in the heat of the game. Yeah. Everybody should have changed by then. You are not the same person. And so to say... Oh, you're different than you were when I first met you. Yeah, everybody is. Yeah. So that's kind of a silly assertion to me. But you're right. He does not play well with others socially, much like Zach doesn't play well with others socially. They're so, you know, focused and always going on the attack and questioning that people, I think, just get tired of it. Yeah. And he even has the comment that you mentioned before where Jasmine is speaking and then he says are you yeah. finished and and everyone else reacts quite strongly and they're saying mm. oh, that's so rude of you 
and yeah. he's well he's he's saying no i was i was asking a literal question i was just i didn't want to interrupt you and it, it was probably a bit of both i think he genuinely yeah. was asking can i speak now but was but his tone, yeah, 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 his tone, and like I said again, it reminds me of of my uh, former employee. It's just, yeah, his tone came off of, "Are you finished?" You know, like uh, it, it's just, you have to watch those sorts of things. Yeah, and at this point, he gives his big speech about how he thinks Zach's the traitor, hundred percent, of course, and he's not shying away from that. <laughs> and insists that if they banish him, meaning himself, they'll be 8-1 down. They talked about this in Uncloaked as well, and they were yeah. very like, You're, I want an amazing speech, and I thought, well, it wasn't because it didn't work. So Yes, <laughs> exactly. It? Those were exactly what I was thinking. They're going on and on about, oh, this was a great speech. Da, da, da. No, no, it really wasn't because it didn't succeed in doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> Evie chimes in at this point. Evie, who you know very very well and recognize instantly she chimes in to back up jasmine's point she says anthony i also think that you've changed an awful lot he continues to be really mad and says which is true he says you might not like my personality but well he says maybe it's not true. he says you might not like my personality but is this a game of personality and actually my note was um yeah it kind of is whether yeah. you like it or yes. not it, it is it's not supposed to be but it is <laughs> so well i mean it kind of is supposed to be you know because the traders are putting on a certain personality and the faithful are putting on a certain personality mm -hmm. so yeah it it is a game of personality as well as scheming and logic and everything else yeah it's a game about behavior and right. uh the what you see and uh the, the lies you tell so yeah mm -hmm. it's time for the votes then so i'll I'll, I'll run through them one by one. Anthony begins and he votes for Zach. Evie and Charlotte then vote for Anthony. Paul votes for Jazz, which I found very interesting. Mm -hmm. I think either it was a silly mistake or... Actually, I don't think it was a silly mistake. Well, it may end up being one, but I think Paul actually knows that no one else is going for Jazz. But he's trying to think long term. I think he's trying to plant a seed. I think he's hoping that eventually over the next four or five days, people will he'll be able to turn people against Jazz and will then be able to look back and go, hey, I've been voting for him for a while. And people go, yeah, you have been. Yeah, but then afterwards he talks about how I, I want to make up with Jazz and... Yeah. And he pulls Jazz aside and, and says that specifically to him as well. So I, I don't understand why you vote for someone and then say, I want to make up with you. Well, in that case, maybe what it I mean, maybe I'm giving Paul way too much credit here, but yeah. maybe he's thinking I'll vote for him tonight. Then I'll have a nice conversation with him and I'll pretend that we're all we're friends now. Mm -hmm. So that if Jazz then comes for me in future, I can look like the good guy and I'll say, yeah, I voted for you in episode, uh, you know, episode six, but but I stopped voting for you after that because I thought we had become friends, and and you're you're still going. So maybe it's part of this whole. Oh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's a strange, strange plan. I just can't think of any other reason because, no, clearly there's doesn't seem like there's any heat on jazz. So like no one else is right. going to vote for him. Why are you doing this, Paul? And maybe it's just that Paul doesn't want any heat on himself. So if he votes for someone else and he's wrong. Uh, yeah, I guess. You know, if he votes for Zach, 
and, and then Zach, Zach says, doesn't I'm a go, then it's like, oh, maybe Zach turns his attention to Paul all of a sudden. So this way he just he keeps voting for the one person that he had, uh, you know, targeted before. And mm -hmm. therefore, he only has to deal with one specific person. Yeah, there must be some. Uh, there's some must be some method right. behind it. I, yeah, it can't just. I don't think it. Paul's silly enough to just vote for someone who annoyed him that day. Right, I, there must be some right. thinking behind it. Charlie's next and votes for Ross. Jazz then votes for Andrew, and I think Paul is probably quite surprised it's not for him, and maybe mm -hmm. now is thinking, oh. This isn't what I thought was going to happen. Diane votes for Andrew as well. Harry votes for Zach. Zach and Molly vote for Anthony. So the, the score at this point is that Anthony has four votes. Zach mm -hmm. has two. Andrew has three. Interestingly, Jazz and Ross have one. We keep going. Miles now votes for Anthony. And Anthony sort of can't help himself, but he, he starts sort of muttering and he says 8-1 down again. Mm -hmm. I think he's kind of run the numbers at this point and realizes he's pretty much gone yeah because even there are three people left to vote if all three voted for him there would be a tie but one of those three people is jasmine and they just had this sort of art he knows right. jasmine is going to vote for him so he's yeah. he knows it's he knows it's too late andrew votes for zach but jasmine and ross vote for anthony S still i i sort of paused here and i noticed there are 17 minutes left there is definitely something going to happen after. <laughs> I was like really obsessed with this. So I knew something was coming. Yeah. Anthony stands up and he. Now just... I, I, I do want to say also, because we talked about the Paul vote being weird. Charlie's vote is also weird. Uh, yeah. For Charlie, Ross. Charlie voted for Ross. Like, why? The only person to vote for Ross. I still don't understand anybody who at this point in the game is the sole person voting for anyone. Yeah, I think she must have just misread things. That So she spoke first and talked about... I think she thought other people were maybe like nod, nodding along. Mm. So I think she just misread it and I thought guess, at, at yeah. least a couple of other people were going to go for Ross yeah. too. But yeah, maybe she did her bit at Roundtable, sat back and stopped listening, and half an hour later went, oh, shit, what, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know who anyone's voting for. Uh, I, or, or she just misunderstands the, the game and is not yeah. really thinking strategically. Right. Anthony does his uh, speech, his second speech or his third speech or his fourth speech of the episode. Mm -hmm. He says, well, this is indeed a wonderful game to play. Those of you that remain, I really hope that you take this opportunity to really look around you, try and see through the fog. In this game, I am and have always been a 100% faithful. Off he goes. Everyone's really annoyed and disappointed. Claudia reiterates, it is now 8-1. Mm -hmm. And Harry does another stellar job, I feel. He speaks up to say, I, you know, he's so disappointed. He doesn't feel like he's part of a team at all. Charlotte even says, sorry. She apologizes across the table. <laughs> it's, he's, he's doing such a good job. And he, he keeps going even further. He has a little bit of a, this argument with Zach. He's pretending like he's, he's so annoyed. It's it's fantastic. Really, really good. Yeah, no, he's he's doing really well. Um, I, I will say I went into that roundtable expecting Zach to get booted, but Anthony was never making it to the end of the game anyway. He was a strong personality. He was destined to 
either eventually be murdered or, you know, as he did, get banished. So that was not surprising. Now, I don't remember if uh, you were you were just talking about Harry. Uh, I don't remember exactly when he said it at the end, uh, but in confessional, he said, none of you have a Scooby. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. And so clearly he's referencing Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And I feel like I may have heard this, like some British slang like this before. And yeah. I can't remember where. It, maybe it was in the tr uh, previous Traders UK. But is that a typical slang in, uh, in, in the UK? Yeah, yeah. It's a phrase people use. I, I think it's probably from, I mean, there's an obvious like connection with scooby-doo like a sort of uh -huh. semantic connection i think it's from cockney rhyming slam slang so because the word scooby-doo rhymes with the word clue it's instead ah. of saying i don't have a clue you just use another word that rhymes and you say i don't have a scooby-doo and then it yeah. got shortened to scooby and then it goes shortened to scooby i don't have a scooby yeah people people say it a lot i like it i like it i'm a <laughs> you know big fan of uh, uh scooby-doo and you know they always uh there's always the uh the ghost or the haunting or you know the fake psychic who gets uh, <laughs> found out in the end so uh <laughs> how appropriate yes after round table then we've got a bit of a debrief around the house charlotte says they need to completely change their whole approach yep Paul takes <laughs> Jazz for a quiet talk. Uh-oh, I thought we've talked a wee bit about this. He, Paul confronts Jazz and he says, he says, I, I know what you said to Harry. You said mm -hmm. to Harry that if you get murdered, then I'm a traitor. And he's saying, did you say that? And I, after a moment, Jazz admits, yes, I, I did say that. I've written in capital letters, Paul is terrifying. He's giving a big speech about how he wants him and Jazz to trust one another. Uh, and he, and he, a lot of people have picked up on this turn of phrase that he uses that could be damning or maybe Jazz is never going to notice. He says, I want you to think I'm a faithful. Yes. And I want and I, to, to know you're a faithful. Yeah. And I, maybe that's psychological. It's like a Freudian slip or something. Yeah. I mean, it's. I thought the same thing at first, but then the way he turns it around and says, I want you, you know, to, to think of me as a faithful or whatever also is, I know what he's trying to say, but much like we talked about with Zach, that is a slip that could, if jazz, I mean, jazz didn't bring it up immediately. So I doubt it's going to come into play, but if other people had heard that, I want you to think I'm a faithful. Uh, or if Zach had said it or anyone else had said it, I guarantee that would be through the house in no time flat. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think he just gets away with that one. Yeah. And while they're having the conversation, I couldn't tell whether Jazz was really buying it all or if the opposite was happening. Mm -hmm. And luckily, I think the opposite is happening. I think actually yes. Jazz just sits back knowing that Paul is completely bullshitting him but he doesn't want to right he's, acknowledge he's, it or he, he realizes i'm just gonna have to go along with this yeah he's smart enough not to react like anthony or zach would you yeah. know and and i mean because yeah he picked up on a number of good points like why would harry tell paul that you know about that and why would paul only mention it here in private and not bring it up at the round table when he was voting for jazz yeah. you know so 
Jazz is definitely putting together the puzzle pieces. And I think the big question is, is he going to be able to show that puzzle to anyone else and make them believe it? Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, you're right. We, we cut to his interview and he says those the three things. He says, A, why did Harry tell Paul mm-hmm. what I'd said? B, why did Paul tell me that Harry had done that? And, and thirdly, why didn't Paul mention this at round table? Which is great deduction. Yeah. There are then a group of them in the billiards room. I'm calling it, I think it's the billiards room. There's a pool table or whatever. Uh, and billiards room is just so Cluedo or Clues, <laughs> as you would call it. Uh, yes. Diane does this weird patronizing thing. And it's just so foolish. Jazz and Paul are there. So they've come back from their quiet conversation. And she's saying, oh, what's this about? You know, why are you two going for each other? This is just silly. You need to not vote for each other again. And I'm like, Diane, shut up. Stop telling people not to vote for you. Don't know which you don't know that either of them aren't traitors. Stop it. She's <laughs> she's like in teacher mode, trying to get yeah. the kids to behave, you know. Absolutely. Uh I'm gonna send you to detention if you two can't stop fighting. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the thing is, they they're not it's not like they're tearing each other's hair. Right. You know, they're not they're not, you know, really going at one another. So I don't think there's a huge conflict that needs to be dispelled. Uh, we again, we cut back to Jazz and in his interview, and he basically says he doesn't trust anyone, mm-hmm. which is the right Good. approach. Yes, he's not doing the whole. Well, here's four people that I'm a hundred percent confident about. Right. He's just is like I don't believe anything anyone says, and I. I just so hope he makes it right to the end. I really do. Uh, and he he has this moment now where he opens up to the group and tells them about, about his family, says his dad betrayed mm-hmm. them and had the second family. This is sort of, I noticed that Paul wasn't in the room anymore. So that some, some editing sort of chopped up a little bit here. Some time's obviously passed. But essentially he's, he's trying to explain that this is a big part of his general kind of mistrust of people. Yeah. Uh, and... I do worry though. I I wondered why is Jazz getting this backstory now? Why have they chosen to show us this? Like, what's the narrative arc that the 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 program makers are building? And I thought, please, please don't murder him next. Like, please don't this be just the moment you're you're building us up to him being killed off. So I hope it's. I hope he's going all the way. Yeah, I I, you know, he was so invisible, but not invisible enough for me to put in the final three like in my predictions um i I just but he could be you know i'll I'll have to reevaluate that as we go forward although in the game you get a penalty for switching them uh as i found out but uh the the way it, it you know he's he's telling all this i think the reason there's giving us this information now is because he finally chose to give the information. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like they edited out people who were in the house previously when he was, or in the mansion, uh, when, when he, uh, you know, and that he said it earlier, I think it's just now he feels comfortable enough to do it. What I was worried about and, you know, this is kind of a joke in bad taste, but I was still half expecting someone to say, Oh, it's in his DNA to betray people. Uh, so (laughs) Oh my god, that would have yeah. been awful. I know, but I was still half expecting it. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad no one did. 
Yes. <laughs> or if they did, they didn't put that in the show. Yeah, yeah. It's on to the next segment of the episode now, which I'm just calling the secret mission. Yes. Claudia tells us that she is going to give the traitors a secret mission and that, and that what's about to happen, nobody is expecting. We cut to Harry, Miles and Paul entering a room separately and they find a letter on a chair. The music's very creepy. I'm freaking out and very excited. <laughs> and they find out about this poisoned chalice mission. And then I thought, hmm, okay, wait. When Claudia said nobody's expecting this, I thought, well, actually, we've kind of seen this before. Yes. In the last series, we had a very similar thing that was just called Kiss of Death. And one of the traitors had to kiss somebody, and that would be the sign. Um, and apparently, they did this in the Netherlands a couple of times, too. I I haven't watched those. I don't know. It's people on X send me these messages with facts right. and do all my right. research for me. So, yeah. um, so Poison Chalice has been used a couple of times there. Yeah, it's, it's not, just it's not that is, unexpected. Right. It, well, it's not that unexpected, but it's more obvious than just, you know, the, you know, giving someone a peck or, or something like that. Um, the look on Harry's face when he came into the room and saw the letter was particularly funny because I'm sure he was thinking, wait, this is the room where faithfuls go to get murdered. What's yeah, going yeah, on yeah. here? <laughs> you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, I just. You know, the whole chalice thing, like I said, a little bit more obvious, but with it being completely new, I don't think anyone will be paying attention. I know they're very worried, like, oh, you're going to hand it to them and they're going to know, you know, the rest of the people will know. But I really don't think it will come back to haunt them. I unless when it's announced, uh, Claudia says something like they were murdered in plain sight. Yeah. Then people will start or says they were poisoned, yeah, you know, that's... or you know, I think then so. they may do it. But if she just says they were murdered, then eh. I agree. A lot of people online are saying, oh, it's going to be so obvious what Miles just did. I've, it's only obvious. I think I think actually Claudia probably will use that expression that someone was murdered in plain sight. But I think it'll only be obvious if she literally says someone was given a poisoned chalice. Right. Then they can be like, oh, well, who took a who took a chalice from someone? Yes, exactly. So I don't think she's going to say that. And therefore, I I don't... Yeah, I agree with you. I don't really think people will figure out what they've done unless Claudia or producers give them a very big hint about it. Right. And I don't know why they would do that. Um. So Miles and Paul, first of all, exit the house and they go out to the fire pit area which we of course are very familiar with mm -hmm. and they wait around for harry i i even though i would just sort of say no it's we have seen this before i still thought this was great tv i was so excited i was yes. completely on edge i was paranoid they were going to get caught uh, zach almost spots them outside i was on the edge literally on the edge of the couch going oh, no uh they they kind of decide that they just need to pick someone who's universally agreed upon as a faithful. Like, mm -hmm. pick somebody who's never going to get banished. And they have to do it very quickly, uh, or make a choice very quickly. They also need to figure out, how are we going to get that person to drink from the chalice without it being incredibly obvious, or without others seeing it uh, and seeing us together? Miles and Harry then go off to the library and cannot find the book that they're supposed to be looking for. So it's three Shakespeare books together, not Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, I, I, my heart was pounding. I couldn't, I just couldn't handle it. Uh, I just, uh, first of all, it was frustrating. I thought, how 
difficult can this be? But also, if you get caught, this will be awful. Uh, I I was really on the edge. Yeah, that was, you know, the riskiest part was first the fire pit, I thought, and then all of them together in the library looking for a book. If anyone yeah. had walked in and saw them not just chatting, but looking for a book, you know, what are they going to say? Well, we needed new reading material for tonight, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean... All I can think is, well, we did see Paul saying that someday he would walk out, see if anyone right. was around. So he was kind right. of the lookout guard. And maybe just the way the house is set up, maybe it is very obvious. Maybe you can very obviously hear somebody coming. So maybe they kind of knew they were okay. And they, they maybe you can hear footsteps on, yeah. the, on the floors or something. Uh, finally, they find the chalice. And Miles is, is the chosen one to deliver it. I, I still don't know how he's going to make the person he wants to drink drink from it so many things could go wrong someone else could pick it up by accident someone might just refuse to take it someone right. might say why are you offering me this challenge i asked the thing is i assume that ch- i just assume that they there are other chalices that look like this that they are all drinking for most of the time because otherwise I mean, it's it would a scottish really castle out. there must be you yeah, know like it, it can't. They can't all be drinking out of glasses that look completely different, to right? Because then someone would be like, "Where did you find this weird chalice? Why are you get so?" I mean, you're you're Scottish, don't you? Have a bunch of chalices just sitting <laughs> around your house? Yes, I have a whole cabinet full of chalice, golden chalices. <laughs> uh, that's what I drink my tea from. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, aha! I found your lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I lie. Uh, yeah, it's so much could go wrong. We cut to Harry in his interview saying that they've chosen a big character. And then we go back. And I, I thought it would end here. I thought, right, we're going to cut. Right. We don't know who they're going to pick. Yeah. But but we do get a little bit more, which I'm really surprised at. We see Miles. He walks into the bar area. Diane's right behind him. And she even puts her hand on his back and makes a joke saying, you better not be a traitor. And he laughs, of course. It then really just looks like He's trying to get Diane to take the chalice. He's he's very obviously drink, offering Drink it this, to her. drink this, drink this. You really yeah. like this. This is the pink fizzy drink or whatever it was. Yes, you know? it's like sparkling rosé that they just call pink fizzy something. And she, we see her take it from him, and the episode ends there. And my first thought is, well, that's a stupid cliffhanger. It's as bad as the uh, as the one with Ash. But then the more I thought about it, it's like, oh, she has to actually drink from it. So yeah. they're it's- leaving us. I mean, I still think it would have been better, like you said, if it had been ending a couple steps earlier. Yeah. But this, but by the same logic that you applied to the Ash cliffhanger. It does make us think, oh, is she going to put it down or not drink from it or or whatever? Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm absolutely including Diane is my prediction uh, for who gets murdered in the next episode. Um, But. I don't know. I mean, given the the ash cliffhanger that wasn't a cliffhanger, I, I really feel like this is just not a cliffhanger. I think that she's going to drink out of it, you know, and that'll be I, the end of it. I do too. 
So there are various theories going around online. Uh, some people think that the bell will strike midnight or maybe it's already struck midnight and she'll drink it after that and therefore it doesn't count. Their their mission had to be done before midnight. Oh, or the, the, people... the, the, the poison dissipates all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> and, and magic? It turns back into a pumpkin. And some people think you know at the last minute she is going to actually hand it to someone else she's going to do a swap mm-hmm. or she drops it and it spills on the floor or ah. she actually just walks away and puts it down and forgets about it and doesn't drink out of it at all yeah. i think the same as you and and on the bbc prediction game which by the way listeners you can join in again the, the link to join our mini competition is on the x it's the twit the, the the pinned post on the x page for the trader which is at the trader pod and it's in the hi- first highlight reel you can see on the instagram page at the trader podcast and i think if you join now i may be wrong i think if you join our mini competition and you've already been playing your points are carried with you i if that doesn't happen i'm sorry <laughs> but i think the same as you david i i my prediction is that it will be her i think she will drink it and she'll be murdered i hope that isn't what happens i hope there is some weird twist and the mm-hmm. cliffhanger was worth it and that something unexpected goes wrong because it would just be so much more exciting i fear that won't happen yeah yeah we've talked a little bit about uncloaked already we've mm-hmm. made some references what i will do is uh now i'm going to do my my new segment uncloaked unwrapped i am going to give myself actually only 60 seconds this time so previously i've talked about what happens in the uncloaked visual podcast for 90 seconds i had less to say this time so 60 seconds i'm going to do it here goes. Susie Ruffle and Krishnan Gurimurthy are the guests today. Ed Gamble has decided that wacky trainers are going to be his thing. Great. They talk about Miles taking on the Chalice mission and they think it's a big mistake. They also talk a lot about Diane and Fizzy Wine. Ed says that Harry's gameplay is Othello-level stuff. Even I don't use that kind of hyperbole. Ed says, yes, Anthony, preach, which I find very uncomfortable. All three on the couch talk about Paul and how the contestants are all afraid of him. And it's reminding me of Sam Australia Season 2, which we've already mentioned. Then we get the reveals. Tracy doesn't even bother using her powers to guess if Anthony's a faithful. He just tells her. Then we've got the best reveal ever, in my opinion. Anthony literally falls on the floor and screams when he finds out about Harry. He's almost as shocked at Miles. He even looks like he might cry. They're less shocked by Paul, which is very interesting. Tracy destroys her career as a psychic with six words by admitting, you got one, I got zero. The episode is full of references to The Godfather and Scarface, which I really can't relate to. Anthony is quite extra in his interview. Tracy beams in via Ouija board and Ed pretends he believes she can read auras. Tracy continues to inadvertently convince us that in fact she cannot do this. Ed rips me off again and I realise I need a new catchphrase to close the podcast. David. (laughs) So it's it's really funny when I listen to you on those because you, you know, the previous ones you've done in like 90 seconds. I listen to podcasts on 3x speed typically. (laughs) And so you're, you're zipped through it in like 30 seconds on a normal one. So this one, when I listen back, it'll be 20 seconds. You'll be done with it, (laughs) which is appropriate for how much Uncloaked deserves. Um, Because, yeah, I really think this week showed or this episode showed just how bad uncloaked is. Um, 
you know, you mentioned it, but Tracy said she was clueless about all the traders. And yet the host kept acting like she had an ability and even called it a skill. Now, I don't expect investigative, you know, journalistic reporting here. But you can at least point out she was wrong about everything and don't give her credit. You know, yeah. don't say you can read auras. You have this skill. You have. No, she doesn't. She there's no such skill at all. And she showed that without a doubt. And this really goes back to what I said when we first heard that this uncloaked podcast was coming. And I don't remember which podcast we were on uh, when we were talking about it, that we heard this. But I had noted with it being an official BBC production, they aren't going to have anything even remotely critical, let alone hard hitting. And this demonstrated just how bad it could be. It is a corporate production. They are only going to say good things, you know, and so. You know, I mean, if someone's listening to this podcast and they're this far in it already, they don't need my encouragement. But as further encouragement, this is why you listen to the non-corporate rah-rah podcasts to get the actual evaluation of yeah. what's going on. I couldn't agree more. Yes. yes. <laughs> Surprisingly. Uh, absolutely. Uh, before uh, we sort of wrap everything up and uh, I'm saying that as if it's about to happen. We've probably still got a while left because I have some questions uh, sent ah, in. Okay that I, I haven't told you in advance, so this is fresh for you. Wait, I, I psychically read them in advance. <laughs> I, I know. You've been getting lessons. You've gone to the same school as Tracy for training. Oh, uh, well, then never mind. <laughs> We've got a few questions from uh, Maria Ames. Again, Maria has been on the podcast before and will be on the podcast again soon. Maria uh, says she has some questions for uh, both of us. Firstly, when do you think is the best time to get out a traitor in terms of uh, gameplay? You know, should in our opinions, should should you try and get them out really quickly? Should you wait till the very end? You know, like, think about Jazz. When is the mm -hmm. best time for him to really go for Paul? I mean, for Jazz and Paul in particular, it's whenever Jazz can finally round people up because he, he needs to do that. Uh, in general, I don't think it's terrible to get one out in the first three votes, because then you can proclaim, oh, look how good I am. I did this, you know, and and or I helped do this. Um, But other than that, you know, if you start getting two or three, they're just going to recruit and make things more difficult for you. So I think you need to wait until the back half of the game closer to the end, you know, figure out who they are, but then stay close to them. Yeah, but. Is a sensible answer to me and i guess the answer is also different based on whether you are a traitor or a faithful mm -hmm. uh and and of course how well you understand the game right but, but yeah i think it's a good idea to to get rid of one relatively early on but generally then hold off uh and figure things out on your own but of course of course you can't you can't wait too late like Spoiler alert, right. if you haven't seen Australia Season 2, I'm not going to say the outcome, but skip ahead 30 seconds if you're going to be really annoyed and send me an email about it. Yeah. Um, and Australia Season 2 ends up with the scenario where there are too many traitors left at the end and it just becomes a lost cause. 
Right, right. And I mean, part of that I blame on the traders themselves for having recruited late when they didn't need to. Um, so, you know, but yes, you, you, uh, you know, you do end up with that situation. And uh, there was something else I was going to say, and now it's totally uh, left my mind. So <laughs> I, 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 I just think that, uh, yeah, I don't know. Continue. It's, it's gone. Tracy will send it back to you psychically yes yes uh, exactly <laughs> maria's next question is about paul she says why do you think paul is getting away with this how is how is he doing it how is he pulling it off charisma uh you know as the kids would say these days riz, riz. uh <laughs> <laughs> uh i i you know logically speaking he should not be able to as i said you know at the, at the top of the podcast i uh, i just I don't think he's going to get away with it by the end. I do not think he will be a winner. Um, you know, I think things are slowly building against him and he's a little too confident. But for now, it's it's still working. Yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to put myself out there and call it now. I think. I want Jazz to win. I think Harry will win. I think Harry will win on his own. I, I, I think so, too. Um. Yeah, I think Paul. Same answer I, uh, mm -hmm. for Maria's question. He he's friendly. I know we see him in interviews, smiling and grinning and saying he's loving this. The faithful don't see that. They just see a nice guy. Right. He's really friendly. He is not at round table. Although he speaks up and calls people out, it's it's never aggressive. It's always right. relatively gentle. Um. So he's. I just think he's he's blending in. Yeah. Well. And, and I remembered what I was going to say, which was when you do vote out a trader early, stop voting out the listeners of this podcast. You know, that that's what I want to say. OK, make sure it's not a trader who is a listener of this podcast, because for two series in a row, we've had that happen. And that needs to that needs to stop right now. Yeah, well. Listeners that we know about, maybe other cast members are listening and they just haven't reached out. Yes. Uh, Maria's final question is, do you think they could ever do a game? And lots of people talk about this online. Mm -hmm. Do you think they could ever do a game where the audience don't know who the traitors are either? I mean, they could, but I I, I just think that I, I don't think they will. I don't think they ever will. I think it is too confusing to the audience because, you know, one thing that the faithful always talk about is how in the dark they are. Yeah. And, you know, do you really want the audience to be completely in the dark the entire time? No, I think they will get frustrated. I think the audience wants to, or most of the audience wants to know what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just don't see it ever happening. I don't either. I think it's, I think there are other shows that do that. And that so they they exist already, and I think it's a fundamental element mm -hmm. of this format. That if you were to change it, yeah, it would would have a, a massive impact on right. what the show actually is. So I think I, that one of the whole points of the show, or what one of the benefits and the reasons that it does so well, is this mechanic that the audience right. knows straight away who the traitors are, and that's the fun. The fun is not. That the fun is actually not figuring out who the traitors are. That's a whole different type of game. The fun is watching people get things wrong and watching yes. people lie and get away with it and secretly enjoying people lying and getting away with yes. it. Yes. 
Okay. Uh, uh, I just have one final thank you, really. So I mentioned my coffee page before. There is a coffee page for the podcast, which is ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley, where if you are enjoying the podcast and you feel like putting in a little donation of any size, uh, you can go ahead there and uh, send me whatever you feel like. And a few people have done that recently, which is really, really lovely. So Jordan, whose uh, name on coffee is the best name ever, is Nutmeg House Bear. And I don't know what that means, but it's fun. Uh, <laughs> Megan R, who is tells me she is a fellow Scot and is enjoying the podcast, and an anonymous supporter. I don't know who they are, but thank you very much to anonymous person. I really, really appreciate that. That's that's very helpful, and me uh, paying for various things that I need to pay for to do the podcast. Yes, David, where uh, can we find you? Where can we keep up with all of the things, the many things that you do online? So you can find me at my various accounts through my Linktree at Linktree slash David Bloomberg. And there's a dot before the EE in Linktree in the URL there. Uh, or you can find me on most text-based social media like Twitter and Blue Sky is at David Bloomberg. And the video platforms I mentioned before, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram is at David Bloomberg TV. And Threads is connected to Instagram. So I'm, you know, they ruined my big plan of having text-based one way and video another. So I'm at David Bloomberg TV there as well. Trying to have some more reality TV conversations on threads and blue sky. There's a few people scattered on there, but it's it's difficult. Um, speaking of uh, TikTok, YouTube and Instagram, uh, you know, I've been posting at least one reality TV short video on those sites per day uh, since we're in the I wouldn't call it the off season, but we're in the uh, less peak season right now. And uh, so uh, you know, those are going to be from, obviously they've been, uh, the traders UK, uh, there I've started some, uh, survivor us, uh, old season flashback videos. And of course I will now be posting traders us videos as well. Plus, uh, a, a show called the trust, a game of greed, uh, on Netflix. So I'm posting a few from there as well. And then anything else that pops up, uh, that, you know, I find interesting from, from reality TV. So the numbers will start to increase a little bit more now that we've got multiple shows going on. Okay. Fantastic. I haven't watched the trust. Uh, how, I mean, it's bit very much by the looks of the promo being marketed as a very traitors like thing. How, how similar is it? Uh, I don't think it is really. Um, it's there are no missions, so there's no challenges whatsoever. So they break from typical reality TV format in that. And as much as I'm the type of person who doesn't really care about missions or challenges, I do find that it makes the episode seem longer. Um, it is really literally just all social game. Okay. And it's OK. Uh, it's it there are some good parts some bad parts you know the first four episodes were all out at once and i watched them and it's a bit slow i feel like uh but there are some there are some decent parts but some of the players are also a little bit um either naive or not very bright i'm not sure which it is uh you know and and so there's that I guess a combination of both. If you're on a reality show that involves money, like my integrity is not for sale. <laughs> what are you doing here then? You know? And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting twist on things and I'll keep watching it, 
but I've had, you know, some people are loving it, but I've had other people say, yeah, I agree with what you said, David. And is that a sort of reality star cast, like celebrity? No. Oh, okay. No, it's, it's just random people. There's uh, mostly people who are definitely not wealthy uh, because, you know, one person has a secret that he's a, a secret millionaire. And, uh, you know, this keeping the secret eats away at him. It's so terrible. He, how can he keep this secret from these people he's known for all of three days? You know, and it's just like, oh, Lord. Uh, so, yeah, that that part is where I, you know, start to roll my eyes a bit. OK, it's time for us then to conclude the game that we have been playing. We've mm -hmm. been playing the Trader Traitor. So we've been trying to lie to one another throughout this episode. David, I did lie to you. Did you lie to me? I did. Okay. I do. I have a guess. I have one single guess. Uh, that I guess all I can rely on. I'm going to have to go okay. for it. And it's <laughs> again. It's this thing you do where you tell stories <laughs> and I don't know how much, I don't know what's like a triple bluff or a quadruple bluff anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to just go for the obvious and think maybe the story about one of your sons with the piggy bank is a complete fabrication. No, absolutely true. <laughs> Was it anything to do with your sons? No, no. Uh, I actually threw that in there because I worried when I told my lie, I saw, you know, obviously this is an audio podcast, but we could see each other. I saw you move your hand and it looked like you were making a note on something. And I was like, ah, oh, crap, he caught me on this lie. <laughs> and so so that's why I mean, it was a you know, it was an appropriate story anyway. But I was like, oh, I, I hopefully this will distract him from whatever else uh it was. Uh, but no, the lie was I did not switch Tracy into the final three spot in the prediction. Uh... I could not bring myself to do it. I was like, no, I cannot allow myself to think that Tracy is going to be there the whole time. And so, no, I, 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 I just couldn't do it. Totally fooled. And sometimes I get to the end of the podcast and people reveal the lie. And then I say, oh, I did. I did know that. And I didn't mm -hmm. write it down. That, this, that passed me by. I had no idea. Well, just, I mean, you're just like Tracy then. You know. <laughs> yeah, I am Tracy. <laughs> uh, however, I am also going to be just like Tracy and Clueless because there's only one thing that I can think of. And I actually think it's true but I literally couldn't think of anything else where you talked about the kiss of death and you said it's been done on two other Netherlands uh, uh, seasons also. Uh, and I, you know what? You've used that before where you've, you've put stuff on international seasons and it's, it hasn't been true. So I'm going to say you tried that again. Uh, I'm so bad at this game that yeah, I did try that again. And that was my life. <laughs> Yes, yes. I, I, yeah, I made up that hey, they did this in the Netherlands, and someone told me on X. No one, no one sent me a message about that. I invented it. I, I made that up, also quite last minute. I was gonna lie about something else in the episode. I was there. There was a bit where four people were in a car, and I was gonna change Ross's name to Harry. Mm. And then I thought I should have just done it, but but I was I thought. That's too small and that's rubbish. He'll 
David will never get that. I've got to like at least <laughs> give something that they might guess is a lie. That's pathetic. In future, I will be using tiny minute lies yes. <laughs> to try and win. So well done. You caught me. I am not very good. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> now, the thing is, uh, David and I will be back very soon because Traders US, we've mentioned it, has already begun uh, with three episodes, so the trader will be covering the show. Uh, in fact, David and I will possibly be recording that within hours. We've not completely figured it out yet, uh, but the first episode will be with you very, very soon. Well, the first episode of the podcast, which will cover... The first three episodes, three episodes of the show. Sorry. Yes, yes, that's how we'll do it. Uh, as always, any follows and subscribers and reviews would be very much appreciated on any platform that you're listening to because it really helps make the profit the the podcast more visible to other people. So that's that's how it's discovered more and more. So that would be fantastic. Lots of people have done that already, uh, which is great. And you can also send me some questions like Maria did today. Questions, thoughts on episodes. Nice questions, nice thoughts. Not mean questions and mean thoughts. Uh, you can. You, do, you don't appreciate it when people tell you that they've lost respect for you because you <laughs> uh, you you were horrible and evil uh, and and spoiled a year and a half old yeah. show. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. Uh, look, <laughs> I said it before and I'll say it again. This is kind of a hobby. This is not my job and I'm not getting paid to do this. So, you know, just think about that before before you tell me some um, cruel yes. about my personality. Anyway, uh, you can keep <laughs> up. To, you can follow the podcast and social media on Instagram and YouTube and now TikTok at The Trader Podcast or on X at The Trader Pod. And the email address to get in touch, if you would like to, is thetradeartpodcast at gmail.com. David, thank you again. We'll be talking very soon. We will. We will. And you'll be back to talk about episode nine of Traders mm -hmm. UK as well. Until then, uh, insert new catchphrase that I have come up with here. Goodbye. Stay, stay traitorous. Stay traitorous. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.